Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Tuesday, February 2nd, 2021. Even people who aren't generally into sports can get excited by a buzzer beater, right? Everyone loves the the prospect of a team snatching victory from the jaws of defeat. And just when all hope seems lost, the team comes from behind and wins the game. Well, today we're going to look at one of the all-time buzzer beaters, and it's not going to really take us to the world of sports. It's going to take us into the pages of the Bible and a moment where one group felt like they had their backs against the wall. It seemed like all hope was lost and God comes through and God hits the game-winning shot. God literally parts the Red Sea to let the Israelites through and to give them victory over the Egyptians. Let's look at that together as we see Exodus 14 through 16 today. And one thing that I want us to notice is that this story is a planned buzzer beater. So even it didn't happen that things just, oh, they got to the Red Sea and oh no, what are we going to do? This was actually something that God made happen. That jumped out to me at the beginning of chapter four, 14, when it says that the Lord said to Moses, tell the people of Israel to turn back and encamp at a specific location. And then he tells them, I, I want you to do this. Why? Four, verse three, Pharaoh will say of the people of Israel, they are wandering in the land and the wilderness has shut them in and I will harden Pharaoh's heart and he will pursue them and I will get glory over Pharaoh and all his host and the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. And they did so. So even God commands the Israelites to turn back to lure Pharaoh out into the wilderness. So they didn't just end up, oh no, what are we doing here with our backs to the wall at the Red Sea? God had orchestrated all of that. It was all a part of his plan. So that should be even an encouraging thing to us that when we look at the scoreboard and it seems like we are losing, even then we can say, no, 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 God has it all figured out. God has it all planned out. And then we see the familiar story of the parting of the Red Sea, where God opens up the Red Sea for the Israelites to walk through. And as the Egyptians try to do the same to follow them, he he brings the waters back. He destroys the Egyptian armies. And the people of Israel are now free totally from the slavery of the land of Egypt. And so we see This song of celebration in chapter 15, then Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord saying, I will sing to the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously the horse and his rider. He has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. This is my God and I will praise him. My father's God and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name, right? This song of praise to God. And we all understand that even you think of a stadium with a buzzer beater victory, right? The crowd goes wild. And here the people, they go wild with praise for God. And so we need to look at this and see just this amazing example of deliverance. But I want us to go another step further and think about this for our own lives, 
And we need to realize that God is in control. And again, one of the details that stood out to me most as I read through these chapters this time was that at the beginning of chapter 14, where we see that this wasn't just something that happened. No, God orchestrated it. God planned it. And may that increase all of our trust for God and for his plan. That when we feel like we have our backs against the wall in some way this week, that we will trust that God has it figured out. And we need to be wary of our own tendency to forget and to lose our trust in God. And we're painfully reminded of that as we see chapter 14, the Red Sea parts, chapter 15, let's sing songs of praise, chapter 16, the people of Israel are complaining, hey, where's the food? You know, and and it's, it's dramatic how they say it in chapter 16, verse 3, and the people of Israel said to them, would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full for you brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. So literally the chapter after we're singing praise and celebrating what God has done. We're saying we wish we would have died in Egypt because we're going to die in the wilderness. And we need to be kind of painfully aware of probably how often we start to sound like that. And we lose sight of God's plan. We lose faith that he is in control and working all things together for good. And we start to complain. But even in this situation, God provides. He provides the bread from heaven. And so I hope looking at these passages in Exodus 14 through 16 really encourage us to trust God's plan each and every time and hopefully to see our trust in him grow each time God provides instead of us to continue to complain every time a problem arises in our lives. We want to have the confidence really of David and we spent several days now reading through one of my favorite Psalms, Psalm 18, where David cries out to God, God rescues him and he rejoices in this strength from God. And we look today at verses 43 through 50, finishing up the Psalm. And in verse 46, it says, the Lord lives and blessed be my rock and exalted be the God of my salvation. May that truly be the song in our hearts. May we, like David, remember all the times that God has brought us through. And as he has done now throughout this psalm, praise God, our rock. And may we truly put our trust in him each and every day. We find a very interesting passage now as we turn to the New Testament in Matthew chapter 11, because we see really a hero in the pages of scripture having what seems like a tough moment, John the Baptist as we look at verses 1 through 19 of Matthew 11, sends messengers to Jesus to basically say, hey, are you the Messiah or should we wait for someone else? John is in prison at this point. And so he's in prison. Jesus, you know, he seems to be having conflict with the authorities. What's what's going on? What's the plan? And he is beginning to wonder. And Jesus, with his answer, makes it clear. Yes, he is the Messiah. And even though John seems to be having a tough moment here and, and, and having some doubt, Jesus even praises John and the sacrifices that John made. He wasn't some soft man wearing soft clothing. He was preaching the word of God and he is commended for that and called great in the kingdom of God. But what Jesus does have a problem with is the generation that doesn't listen at all, right? Even though John had moment, a moment here where he was clearly struggling, he, he praises John. He rebukes the people that don't listen. 
Look at verse 16. It says, But to what shall I compare to this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to their playmates. We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We sang a dirge, and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, He has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is justified by her deeds. I think Jesus knows John the Baptist is going to listen to the words that he's sending back. But his problem is with the people who have seen John the Baptist, the people who have seen Jesus, and the people who continue to walk in unbelief. May we guard our own hearts against that kind of unbelief. And even as we think about all the times that we see God provide, that there might be some moments where we struggle, where having faith is hard. But let us not be like the people who, instead of struggling for that faith, just give up and don't listen to God and, and don't trust him and, and listen to themselves. That's like this generation. It's not listening to the music. They're, they're not hearing Jesus. They're not hearing John the Baptist, but they are walking their own way. Now, Jesus says some interesting things there at the end, even when he, he says that people really speak down to him, calling him a friend of tax collectors and sinners. And that brings us to our next passage in Acts chapter 10, 17 through 33. And really kind of an interesting thing here as Peter is called to share the gospel with Cornelius, this Roman centurion, this man that is um, going to uh, become a convert and a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that was very unusual and awkward for a Jew to associate in that way with a Gentile. We think of Jesus associating with tax collectors and sinners. Now Peter is being called to associate with this Gentile, this Roman, this Roman centurion. And he says in verse 28 of this chapter, he says, You yourselves know how unlawful it is for a Jew to associate with or to visit anyone of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any person common or unclean. And that was going back to that vision that he had had where God was calling him to go beyond his comfort zone and go beyond what used to be the expectation to share the gospel so that the gospel would go out to the whole world. And even those comments about Jesus there in Matthew 11 and these comments that Peter makes remind us of just an interesting situation that we as Christians always need to be thinking about and a little wary of. The Bible makes it clear bad company corrupts good morals and that we should not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. That's not who we want to be running the race of life with. However, at the same time, we see Jesus reaching out to sinners. We see Peter here being called to go across cultural lines and not to look down on someone else as common or unclean. And so while as Christians, we should be pursuing relationships of fellowship that will encourage us in the Lord, our priority to the local church should be a big deal in our lives, but we should also never seek to be so isolated in a Christian bubble that we are not caring about the lost around us and that we don't get to a point even where we look down at those around us who we see as lost as basically common or unclean. That our hearts should go out to these people and our desire should be to call them to repentance, to reach out to them with the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's kind of an example that we see from Jesus today and also an example that we see from Peter. And I hope that it is something that will be true in our own lives as we seek to share the gospel with others. 
But here as we go about this Tuesday and as we get more into this week, if you feel like your back is against the wall and you need that buzzer beater, uh, you know, something to happen at the last minute to open the door to victory, just remember we serve a God who is always in control. And may we be faithful to trust Him no matter what. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.